Well, hello there, Hawks fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent for the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week by my fantastic co-host, the editor-in-chief of all of our magazines and publications, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, and a guy who I will also invite all of our listeners to celebrate with. Just celebrated his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Mr. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a fun birthday. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's still going on. It's it's uh, an all week event, I think. Wow, all week mm-hmm. event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goodness. I well, I certainly hope that there's good things on the slate for a week long birthday event. For sure. Nice. Lots of things. Lots and lots of things. But it includes hockey and podcasting as well. Really well. We'll consider this your birthday podcast, uh, dedicated to you. In celebration of your birthday. Wow. So happy birthday. Thank you very happy much. Be- you're very welcome. Happy belated birthday. I hope your sports teams got some wins for you, perhaps. Maybe. The um Vikes did pretty well. The the Canadians um it wasn't looking good there after the first period. Oh, no, it wasn't. Uh, the Canadians came through. Um one of the most criticized guys on the team. Yoel Mia, he um, scored in the shootout and um, and pulled it out. So thank you uh, for the uh, for the birthday win to Yoel Armia. Nice or Armia. That that finish line is uh, I'm liking that 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 line of fins there. It's pretty good. Yeah, Lekkonen was pretty good last night too. And uh, yeah, Kanyemi uh, since we last talked. Um, has his first two goals in the NHL, so um, they're doing pretty well. Well, that we like to hear. We're going to talk a little bit about how the uh, the the baby brothers to that team, uh, the the Laval Rocket, fared over the three games that they played since the last time we all got together. We're going to talk about that a little bit in this show. We're going to talk about uh, a a a roster change that happened this week, a particular player who is just visiting the Laval Rocket for a little while. Talk about him and his performance and things that are swirling about with him. Uh, there's speaking of roster changes, there's been there's been a there's been a couple of things that have come up for Laval in the news in the last week regarding their roster, uh, some players who are no longer there, some players who are uh now injured. Um all sorts of kind of things bubbling and what does it all mean? And, you know, looking back at some other things, what, what transactions that occurred to bring certain players away, it just very interesting little fit, little webs to weaves, which we are, which we're going to do. Um, And uh, talk a little bit about uh, team competition and, and the pros and cons of having, you know, from the start of the season this year, especially at training camp, a lot of people talked about how competitive training camp was going to be. And I'm just going to touch a little bit about that kind of internal competition within a team and, and um, you know, the good and bad that kind of goes along with that. Uh, in our second segment today, we're going to talk about some coaching changes that just happened today actually affecting the AHL and NHL as well as talk about not only the the CCM AHL player of the week but since we are now officially 
can you believe it, officially into November, yes, we are a month into the hockey season, uh, means there are award winners for the month of October that have been announced as well, so we will talk about those. And then in our third segment, we will touch on uh, some news regarding the Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative and give you a preview of the week ahead. So top to bottom, another show full of fun stuff, lots of information, and Maybe. And yet, all of that, and we know that there's at least one listener out there, uh, Kathy in particular, I I think Mm -hmm. probably, yeah, yeah, our our biggest fan. Um, She she couldn't wait to to, uh, let us know um, this morning. Got a, a text from her saying, hey, it's National Nacho Day, folks. What? Mm-hmm. Not nachos. Anyway, well, Kathy. No, go ahead. I was going to say, Kathy knows me pretty well, so I'm sure that she knows that I like live and die by good nachos. When I go to the movie theater, I don't popcorn. like. I mean, I'll it's popcorn. Everybody has popcorn. I know. Well, I you know I borrow some popcorn from. From, from all of the popcorn around me <laughs> <laughs> or, or from my husband. <laughs> I, I might make sure that, that my husband gets a, an extra large bag so that I can have some, but I don't get popcorn. I no. get a big dish, big tray of nachos. I'm a nacho aficionado. So it's and, nacho and a day. Pond of that, a pond of that, that, that runny cheese stuff. Mm. Yes. Yes, hmm. yes, 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 yes. Well, it's <sighs> funny. There's two. There's two things on the um, on the National Day calendar today. Um, two. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, there's there's a few more, but there's two today, and it's kind of one for me, one for you, kind of thing. We'll give you the nacho thing. That, so that'll that's be the your, one for me. Okay. That'll be yours to celebrate. Oh, yeah. And for me, it happens to be November 6th is National Saxophone Day. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Well, how'd that work out so nicely? So, one of my... <laughs> you know, I like to develop a lot of talents in case things didn't work out. Um, with the hockey, <laughs> with the... <laughs> little education, little hockey... <laughs> So I dabbled in in sax playing as well. Still have my my Selmer Mark Seven, and nice. um, yes, today is celebrate the invention of the saxophone. Of course, invented by Adolf Sax. Yes, that <laughs> that's true. A Belgian inventor, and that's somewhere in and around name. the yeah the eighteen forties, he invented the uh, saxophone, and that was uh, he went on to invent also the sax horn, the sax trombona, and the sax tuba. Um, and yeah, that's all legit. My goodness. Um, but what he's known for is the saxophone. And um, so today we celebrate all of those wonderful, like we would never have known, you know, Charlie Parker and, and, and John Coltrane and my favorites, uh, Lenny Pickett or Paul Desmond, Dexter Gordon, um, 
we wouldn't have had that without Adolf Sachs inventing the saxophone. So, um, you know, he saw there was a gap there that, that you had to bridge the woodwinds and the brass and, and um, he invented a rather unique instrument. Well, I know that there's a Habs game tonight that you need to cover in addition to podcasting today, but are you going, I mean, you have to take, it, it, there has to be 10 minutes that you're pulling aside today to play your saxophone on national saxophone day, right? Well, maybe, or maybe during the game. There you go. <laughs> they never had, I, I there would, was a trumpet would, hey, player. Will, in you the, take, will you take requests and pl- I'm <laughs> sure it'll be 10,000 times better than that. God awful experiment. Gregory that they tried Charles. The other yeah. Night. That, that, was, that was a train wreck. Gregory Charles uh, tra- taking requests in the seats. Yeah. In my snarky tweet of the in my snarky tweet of the day category, my tweet the other night was, "I am done with two experiments: Nicola Delorier and this in arena band." <laughs> Dan uh, Bebo must have been wondering what in oh, the world is going on. I, the, that poor woman. She's like, "You've already got a live musician in arena all day long. She plays the organ." Well, I'm going to be looking forward to um, you sharing with the world your sax playing during the game tonight. Did I just buy you, you did say you're going to share it with the world, right? No, no I didn't say that. <laughs> you All and right. Kathy are going to be in on the nachos, the national nachos day. Yes, I will. Uh, I will share the nachos with Kathy since Kathy is the one who brought it to our attention. Uh, and just a heads up for Friday. Now, mm-hmm. this is something I don't know anything about. I've never tried, but I've heard you talk about before. And it, it <laughs> frankly, it doesn't sound good. But I understand it's an acquired taste. Uh, on Friday, November 9th, yes. is National Scrapple Day. Scrapple. I've said the word scrapple. Oh, National dear Scrapple Lord. Day on Friday. Okay, for all of you listeners in Pennsylvania, I imagine don't go to a diner on Friday because the place is going to be packed. Every day is actually National Scrapple Day in Pennsylvania. That's just <laughs> okay. it's pretty much that. Yeah, it is an acquired taste. It's not a taste I necessarily, I can't remember the last time I ordered Scrapple. Some people eat it with ketchup on it. Some people put maple syrup on it. It's, um, what it's is interesting. It? You could liken it to a flat rectangular sausage patty, but instead of it being like sausage, it's it's all the bad bits. Well, yeah, you don't really want to know what's in it. It's like all of the all right. other parts of the pig and then cornmeal, and all of that is like mixed together and fried um, and sliced. So all this. All the stuff that wasn't good enough to go in a hot dog, then they gather that together. That's okay. <laughs> and Pennsylvanians love it. Uh, right. Jersey Jerseyites do as well, I think, a little bit, because Jersey is like the home of the diner, but we've got some pretty good diners in Pennsylvania as well. So, yeah, Scrapple's a big – every day is National Scrapple Day here. Um, I'll stick with bacon, but but – it's an excuse to go to the diner, I suppose. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, 
I suppose we should talk a little bit about hockey. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start Rick because, you know, I said, I have, you know, there's always like my snarky tweet of the day. And anybody that knows me knows that uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, I'm, you know, I don't like to say that I'm cynical. I, I like to say that I'm a realist. I like to say that I'm not uh, brainwashed by the mainstream media, that I make my own opinions. I do my own homework. Uh, so I form my own opinions. And a lot of times those opinions just go against popular opinion, especially in in Montreal mainstream media. So a lot of times it might sound like maybe I'm a bit cynical. So I'm going to start with some happy news. <laughs> Because, I, you know, I don't want to be the, the bearer of doom and gloom all the time and, and negativity. Not that I'm being negative. Critical, perhaps. Anyway, I'm going to bring us some good news to start. And that good news is the Laval Rocket won their last game. Wow. I hear all of the applause. The Laval Rocket won their last game. It happened on Saturday afternoon. They were playing the Utica Comets. Both teams scored one goal in the second period. The game went to overtime, and it was Laval who came out with the second point of the game. A goal by Mr. Jake Evans, his third of the season, to win two to one. So, you know, it was a pretty it was a pretty defensive uh, matchup. McNiven was in the net for Laval. Um, Ivan Kulbakov was in the net for Utica. It was a very defensive game. Um, you know, shots, well, the Rocket outshoot everybody. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. They, they outshoot anybody. But they came out victorious. And so congratu- I, I will start things by saying congratulations to Laval. They got a win. They needed a win. Why do I say that they needed a win? Because that was the first game they had won in their last Seven, They snapped a six-game losing streak by winning that game, um, which, whew, was, which unfortunately has actually taken them down to uh, – they are currently in seventh out of eight positions in the North Division uh, with nine points. They are four, seven, and one in 12 games played. Uh, so after, after suffering a bit of a – a slide for the last two and a half weeks. Uh, they finally come up with a win. Interestingly enough, it, they played the Comets Friday and Saturday. They dropped Friday's game um, to the Comets three to one. They were, uh, and it, it looked like it was going to be a shutout for a little while. Uh, they finally, Brett Kulak finally uh, was able to get on the get the rocket on the scoreboard there in the third period to avoid the shutout, but they did lose that one three to one. Um, And they turn around and they go on the road and they now play Utica again tomorrow in Utica. Uh, So three games, three consecutive games between these two teams, uh, you know, it's, it's it's like we're in the playoffs or something playing a playoff series. Um, They also had a game on Wednesday night against, uh, it was their first of 12 games this season against, their division rival down the road, uh, the Belleville Senators, um, and they lost that one as well. And again, scoreless for the fir- through the first two periods for Laval, and it wasn't Jake Evans scored his second of the season to to actually get them on the board in the third to avoid the shutout, but they dropped that one to the Senators two to one. Um, so Rick, it's it's 
been um, it's been a little bleak, but a little light at the end of the tunnel, and and perhaps some um, good motivation for them as they head out on the road for a, a three game road trip here this week, um, with getting a win under their belt and finally kind of being able to take a breath and uh, maybe maybe get some confidence back back in their skates. It's um... You know, there was there was all kinds of hope, and and uh, with with the uh, overhaul of the coaching staff, um, you know, almost uh, with one exception, uh, a, a fully uh, new coaching staff this season, and uh, a, a completely different roster. Uh, there's only you know um, a handful of of uh, players that. Um, have been with uh, Laval before. Uh, there was all kinds of hope about, uh, and and actually, uh, um, you know, predictions that this was uh, going to be one of the better teams in in the AHL. Um, and uh, the, the new coaching methods, the uh, hand-picked um, uh, additions to the roster, uh, both in terms of, of uh, younger players and, and giving them contracts and, and those uh, AHL veterans. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that it hasn't really been uh, talked about much, um, uh, but that balloon kind of popped uh, and particularly mm-hmm. with the, the six consecutive losses, um, they started to pile up and, and um, uh, you know, it, the, the, the overtime win was was uh, was needed because it was it was getting a little bleak. Um, still, there's going to have to be uh, some, you know, a turnaround and put uh, the positive streaks uh, together for the uh, Laval Rocket to dig themselves out of the hole that they're currently in. Um, you know, there's been there was all sorts of complaints about. Uh, um, Sylvain Lefebvre and his crew uh, about not uh, just uh, one playoff appearance about um, the lack of winning. And we heard that uh, we were told that winning was going to be much more a priority than, than development mm-hmm. this, uh, this season. It was going to be the focus. There would always be a focus on winning because winning helps develop players. Um, and it just hasn't worked out. As I said, the, the six consecutive losses. And, and not only that, that after 10 games, um, Laval had just seven points. Uh, and that uh, is the worst start by a Canadian's AFL, AHL affiliate in 20 years. Um, Ouch. So, yeah, not even, you know, as much criticism as Lefebvre gets, not even he approached uh, the bad start that, that Laval's off to. Um uh, they added another loss uh, in in addition. They've now played 12 games before they got to the overtime win um, against the Comets. So they're in they're in tough. Uh, they're really in tough. Well, and a lot of those a lot of those losses in that six game slide, unfortunately, were against divisional opponents, uh, which is what has them buried so far down uh, the divisional standings with 12 games played in the conference, uh, they are sitting at 14 out of 16 teams. Only the Syracuse crunch and the Providence Bruins sit beneath them in the conference. Um, So as you say, Rick, something has to change. Uh, 
got to start stringing some wins together. Perhaps, you know, this overtime win on Saturday afternoon could be the beginning of that. We'll see what happens and see how they respond um, tomorrow night in Utica. And then there's kind of a big question mark on the weekend as they go and they play their two games in Cleveland against a team that is new to the conference. Um, and Cleveland is so far right now sitting in fourth place in the conference at seven, four, and one with 15 points on the season. So um, they could have a, they could, they could be on an upswing if they can put another win together tomorrow night before they head into Cleveland, or it could be uh, a disastrous week against a team that they are not familiar with at all. Um, so it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. You know, they, so many players uh, and, and even fans and so forth and, and management last year had said they don't ever want to, to see the AHL affiliate have a season like they did last year. And at the beginning of the season, they, they had a couple of big wins, but we talked about that, that they were emotional wins. It was, they won the very first game of the season out on the road and then they won their home opener in big fashion. Well, both of those were emotional games. And, and after that, they weren't able to sustain that. Um, and, and here's where we're at now. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to this win and if they can put the same thing together in Utica tomorrow night on the road. Um, I thought it was an interesting decision by Coach Bouchard uh, Saturday saying, um, we're going to give the guys a couple of days off now. Typically, they would have off on a Sunday, um, but he gave them Monday off as well, um, which I'm not, I'm not the coach. So I, I'm, I, who am I to question the practice schedule, but I would think after a win, you I, I would, and you go out on the road, I would want to get them in the rink and build on the things they did well to get them that win. But we'll see if that affects things at all uh, as well. So it's going to be an interesting week, I think. You know, when you're, when you're driving your, your players by emotion um, uh, that, that there is emotional fatigue as well as, uh, as uh, the physical side. And, um, you know, perhaps that's, that's uh, one of the reasons that they needed um, the, the time. Um, you know, you mentioned where they sit in the conference um, and the division, uh, but they're overall, in terms of points, um, they're 27th in the league, uh, in a 31-team league. But, but keep in mind that it's kind of comparing apples to oranges because the, uh, the Western Conference folks play, play fewer games. So if you're going to look at the league standings, um, you really have to look at winning percentage. When you do that, um, at a winning percentage of 375, uh, Laval is 29th of 39 teams. Only Providence and San Antonio are, are worse. Um, that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, no. And and when you you know you you look at at the um, the characteristics of of the team, as you've said before, uh, you know the they certainly outshoot other teams um, in in almost every game. But that's that's as we've talked about, that's rather a meaningless stat uh, because you have to look at the quality of the shots and, and certainly Laval's not 
getting those qual- the, the, the quality shots. Um, you look at, um, you know, well, if, if, they're, if Laval is out shooting their, their opponent, then we're not giving up many shots. And if, um, if uh, we're losing, um, somebody might come to the mistaken conclusion that goaltending is the issue, and that, that couldn't be further. That's, that's just somebody trying to infer something no. by looking at statistics and not having a, an educated knowledge of it. Um, because when you look at uh, the goals against, they've only given up uh, 31 goals. That's seventh in the league. That's seventh best in the league. Goaltending has not been the issue at all. Uh, no. Charlie Lindgren, Charlie Lindgren is, yeah, barely faced been, any shots. He's been, he's been very good, uh, but he's faced really high quality uh, chances uh, when he has. And, and, uh, uh, and those are the ones that have gone in. Um, he's third uh, in minutes played uh, in the league. Um, Michael McNiven, uh, um, I think maybe showed some, uh, you know, disappointment that he hasn't been uh, playing more and when he, he was interviewed. But um, getting back just to the comparison, goals against, they're fine. Uh, Laval is just mm-hmm. fine. Goaltending's been uh, not a problem. Goals for, they have 27 so far. That makes puts them 30th in the league. And we've talked before about uh, no Adam Cracknell, no Chris Terry, no Matt Taramina. Uh, and where were the goals going to come from? Um, and particularly, um, uh, Last year, uh, as bad as as the the uh, Rocket were, they had a very good power play. Uh, the power play has been dismal this year. Twenty eighth in the league, twelve point three percent. Penalty kills excellent. Um, they're first in the league, but it's it's uh, and that's again goaltending has been has been very good in supporting the power play. It's the goal scoring. Um, it's it's uh, goals against. Or, sorry, goals for and and the power play, uh, where they're at the bottom of the league and they they just aren't scoring they aren't scoring goals. And you know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned what you did about uh, Charlie Lindgren because of course some some folks chose to be critical. Uh, he was actually pulled from the game in the middle of the second period on Friday night um, in a game that was <laughs> it was not you know there were there were three goals against uh and there's no way that that it was Charlie Lindgren's fault uh, you know I'm not sure if Joel Bouchard was just looking to uh spark his team or what I I would think if you're going to do that you would do that at intermission not in the middle of of the period um but and Michael McNiven came in and, and he was fine. He shut the door for the rest of the night and, and played then on Saturday as had been previously scheduled that they would split the back-to-back last weekend. Um, but it's not a result of Charlie Lindgren's performance. And last year, unfortunately, and you know, he, he had some frustrations with, of course, how uh, poorly the team played last year uh, affected his stat sheet and, and would say time and time again, I am, I am more than my statistics say, and and anyone that watches Charlie Lindgren play knows that that's the case, that he is more than his statistics. Uh, and unfortunately for him, it, we have to go on that on that phrase this year so far as well, because the team isn't getting the wins uh, to help back up his stats. Um, and so hopefully they can get some wins with him 
uh, in the crease as well. And hopefully they can start turning some of those shots on goal into actual lighting of the lamp. Um, as you say, they, they shoot plenty, just not converting them into goals on the scoreboard. One of the players who uh, certainly everyone was, was noticing uh, was a new addition to the uh, roster last week. And Rick, it's, it's interesting how last week we, we spoke about um, Nikita Sherback with the Montreal Canadiens and how it had been a month. It had been 11 regular season games. He'd been sitting in the press box for all of them. And Chantal Maccabee had uh, interviewed him last week and we played some audio and, and discussed at length about how, um, you know, having worked with, with Nikita and interviewed him as, as often as we have over the last few years, um, it was obvious that he's frustrated. It's obvious that his confidence is down. And we, spe- we, we wondered out loud, you know, so what's going to be the reaction to this interview coming out? Because now, now people are talking about it even more. What, what's going on with Nikita Sherback? Well, we got our answer pretty quickly. Um, I, I think either later that night or first thing the next morning when he was sent to Laval on a conditioning stint. Okay, sent to Laval on a conditioning stint. Well, there's your answer. Um, and played in Wednesday night's game uh, and looked, despite the fact, um, despite the fact that they did lose that game to the Belleville Senators two to one, uh, Sherback looked, as I have, the word I've used repeatedly, Rick, throughout the this this past few days that he's been on the, on the, in the lineup um, is that he looked hungry. You could tell he is ready to play some hockey. And in his post-game interview, uh, he was excited to be playing admittedly uh, didn't have the legs in the third period because his game conditioning is, is not where it needs to be because he hasn't been playing. Um, But he came out, he looked hungry. He was driving the net. He's laying some big physical hits on guys. Um, and, and Rick, he, he started out the week even with uh, some praise from, from Coach Joel Bouchard. Yeah, in that game against Belleville, um, he was, he, after, after uh, the game, he, he said that he had heavy legs for the first 10 minutes. I mean, as you said, it's, it had been a month since he had played. And when he played, it was the preseason. So you got kind of a different pace going on there. Uh, in the preseason and and since then it's just been practice and and he noted how different uh, practice shape is different from game shape um, mm-hmm. so quite natural for him to have as he described heavy legs for the first 10 minutes and he felt uh, pretty good for the rest of of the uh, the second or the rest of the first and all of the second and then he was feeling fatigued uh, a little fatigued in the third all natural stuff um, yeah. against Bel- against Belleville. He was um, a consistent threat to score. Uh, he had three shots on goal in that game. Uh, two were, were high quality, high, uh, high quality. One where he cut across the net in front of um, Philippe Gustafson and, and uh, it, around the defenseman driving to the net. We saw him use his speed. We saw him protect the puck. Uh, we saw him use his skill. Um, he looked he, he looked very good in that game, um, and 
and you know all of the the uh, and and uh, Coach Bouchard was uh, uh, praised him, said he was uh, fully invested, and and um, um, it, it was for a for a debut after sitting for a month. Uh, I don't think anyone could have expected more from him in that game. No, uh, and and he, as you say, he was he was thoroughly involved, um, and and. And looked looked very good. He was uh, for those who, if you didn't have a chance to see the game, uh, he was on the first line. It was uh, Sherback, McCarron, and Fraze on the first line uh, that evening, and and he he certainly looked like the Nikita Sherback that we've come to know um, out there. Again, just aside from looking a little looking a little tired in the third period, um, but. Mobility, great. Hands, great. Vision, great. Speed, very good. Um, and and he he didn't look like he was um, afraid to get in and get physical uh, in some of the dirty areas and along the boards and so forth. Um, and, and just to add to, to to support what you just said there, um, yes, he has familiarity with McCarran and Phrase um, uh, somewhat, but not the ideal. Um, not the ideal line mates for him. Uh, no players uh, playing more of a, a, a physical kind of um, um, heavy forecheck kind of, but but not that skilled game, uh, mm-hmm. not the skilled game, not and not the skilled um, uh, line mates that he had when he dominated the AHL um, for the first few games last year, uh, and and it's not his game, but still, um, even with that. Uh, um, um, hampering him, he still looked pretty good. Then Friday night's game uh, came along, and again, uh, this was the team's sixth consecutive loss. Uh, he that that top line didn't change. They dropped this one to Utica three to one. Um, Utica scored in the first period, two more goals in the second period. Um, I know that uh, Sherbeck was on the ice. Uh, for for at least one of those uh, one of those goals, but he again looked pretty similar to to how he did on on Wednesday night. In fact, um, he had he, he was he was in on a double team gigantic hit along the boards, um, making his presence quite known. Uh, driving to the net with a lot of speed, uh, getting getting some chances and things of that nature. Um, and so it came as quite a surprise to me and seemed to light up a firestorm on Twitter Friday night and then Saturday morning um, when Joel Bouchard came out after the game and basically called out Sherbeck. Now, granted, uh, you know, full credit to uh, our our own Chris G, who was in the building that night uh covering the game for the AHL report and uh, getting some uh, English coverage in the post game interviews and, and pressers. And to Chris's credit, he was sure to ask uh, Joel Bouchard his opinion on how Nikita Sherback was playing. Um, and Bouchard took it upon himself to say, basically uh, that's not an NHL caliber kind of play that I saw tonight. Uh, and that, that's not the kind of play I expect that 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 you'd expect to see on a conditioning stint. 
Um, and in my opinion, kind of threw him under the bus when no one on that team showed up um, that night at all. And Rick, it's, you know, for me, and I, you know, there's all, there's only so much that this reporter can, can take before she goes from reporter to commentator. And I switched to my commentating hat uh, after this for the rest of the weekend, because for me, it's, yes, perhaps, perhaps people look to Sherbeck since he has made the NHL roster that he should be held to a higher standard, that he should have a certain level of play. Okay, let, let's, let's take that for whatever that is. Okay. However, he also hasn't played in the NHL at all yet this season, except for preseason. So he's coming off of not playing any NHL games this season in the regular season. He is not in game condition because he's been sitting and watching games from the press box all season. And as a result from all of that and the fact that he admitted in his interview last week to Chantal Maccabee that, that he hasn't had very extensive conversations with Claude Julien. In fact, that allegedly Claude Julien has only spoken to him and had a a brief conversation with him once in the past month, leading to probably him uh, taking a hit to the confidence and, and wondering what he needs to do. So perhaps getting the knife out and, and, and digging the criticism in further in front of the media is not the way to help this player get his game back as Claude Julian says he needs to do. So, I'm trying to understand. I, I laid out the statistics at the beginning uh, about the team itself, about the Laval Rocket, that they are 28th in terms of power play, that they are 30th in terms of, of goals for, that they are 29th in terms of win per- percentage, and that that game on Friday was their sixth consecutive loss. Yeah. So... After the game, um, was Joel Bouchard asked about any of, was he asked about the dismal power play, terrible goals for sitting at the bottom of the standings, uh, a sixth consecutive, was he asked about any of that? No, I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but but <laughs> as soon as he mentioned Sherbach's name, it set off a, a Twitter storm and, and uh, all kinds of things. So I can't help but wonder... It's interesting because Brian Wilde, um, who was watching that game on Friday, said he was puzzled because um, from his standpoint, from, from his view, Sherback was doing all the things you might expect uh, a skilled player to do, and then he was kind of stapled to the bench. What was going on there? Hmm. Um, and, and, then, and then, you know, the, the loss, the, 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 the losing streak, the... the, the we're start in 20 years by a Canadians affiliate. And yet all the guns are turned on Sherback, the newly arrived guy who hasn't played for a month and who's played for your team for, for two days. And it's don't, don't look over here. Don't look over at the man behind the curtain. Um, right. So it just seemed very odd for Sherback to be absolutely trashed. Um, 
yes, his his defensive game um, is a work in progress, and and you'd expect that. I mean, um, and it always has Nikita, been. Nikita Sherback is a is a, 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 a one of the most uh, dynamic and skilled players that that the Canadians have on the roster, and his his defensive game is a work in progress. So is Jonathan Drouin. So is Charles Houdon's. Um, and yet, um, this is a guy who hadn't played. So, you know, the, the offensive stuff was coming natural to him. Um, the, the defensive game, he has to think about a little bit because it's, mm-hmm. it's a work in progress. And he did make a mistake uh, on, in Friday's game. Um, but how much worse is it than, than let's say, Charles Houdon, who by Claude Julien's admission um, was directly responsible. His lack of defensive awareness was directly responsible for two goals against Tampa. Um, mm. Delorier's, you know, uh, that, that whole fourth lo- line on the Canadians, whether it's Shaw, Pekka, Houdon, who played the fourth line now has been bumped up, Delorier. Um, it, it, it's hard to believe that, that, Sherback is doing anything worse uh, or would be doing anything worse if he was in the lineup. Um, I, I just, w- when, when the comments went on to, to say that, that he's not showing that he's uh, invested, he's not showing that he's committed. Um, I just and that's, buy that's comments from the coach, not from fans on Twitter. I, I that's should right. point out. Fans on Twitter who didn't see the game uh, jumped on that and said, "Oh, there, yeah, um, he's lazy. He's 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 not committed. He's not invested." Uh, let's let's back up a bit and um, by the terms of the collective agreement, Nikita Sherback had to agree to the to the conditioning stint. Um, that doesn't sound like someone who's disinterested or, or uh, distracted. You know, he, he just wants he, to play. <laughs> he wants to play. He's committed. He's invested. He's, and and uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, he, he was good on Wednesday. In Friday, um, I've, I've, I've heard people say invisible. Well, he wasn't invisible at all. That, that hit on, um, on Ulevi, uh, the mm-hmm. Comets best, best defenseman where he teamed up with flurry. Um, he was showing that, that, you know, he's not worried, uh, about, uh, injury. Uh, he's not worried about going through, you know, like some players when they go down to the AHL, Oh, I just going to go through the motions so that, um, I don't run into injury. Uh, that wasn't his play game at all. Um, he was fully invested and in getting invested physically, um, uh, and and full credit for that for a skilled player to be getting involved that way. Um, yes, he he had a a defensive miscue, but um, that's to be expected. And you know we talked about um, coach of the our uh, our winner of the week last year, a coach for the Manitoba Moose, uh, Pascal Vincent, and and players like Mason Appleton and others saying, you know what, we can make a mistake and. As long as we learn from it, it's not held against us. And yet, uh, this coach went crazy and uh, and flipped out and and uh, lost his temper, lost his professionalism, and absolutely trashed a player um, that that uh, really didn't deserve it. 
didn't deserve it. And okay, this was, you know, he's had two or three days to, to work with, with Nikita Sherback, take some time and, and, you know, talk to, talk to your scouts, talk to your staff, talk to uh, about, you know, what kind of player is he, what kind of player is he off the ice? What, what kind of methods work with him and what doesn't and, and, uh, yeah, tearing him down, um, tearing him down that pointedly in front of them. It's fine to be critical, constructive criticism, mention things that you weren't happy with, mention things that you did like, but to tear him down the way that he did is not helping Nikita Sherback. Um, it's, it's, it's just really not. And, and it's, <sighs> couple points I want to make. One thing that I think ended up being quite interesting. So if you, if you want to take Bouchard's comments at, at face value, and he felt that he wasn't very invested in the game, as he said, um, and that it wasn't NHL caliber play, things of that nature. And, and we want to talk about whether or not he looked hungry, whether or not he looked like he was invested in the game and focused and, 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 participating fully Saturday afternoon, but he said, but he's going to play again on Saturday and, and we'll see what kind of, what kind of bounce back he has. So Saturday afternoon rolls around. Nikita Sherback takes the ice. Uh, he is, he is moved to the second line um, with Lucas Vedemo and uh, Yevpolov's. On the second line, it's Agostino Evans and Alan on the first line. Comes out, he has a he has a decent first period, and then suddenly, it's noticed that he's not on the bench in the second period, and he doesn't come back at all. In fact, it comes out in the middle of the game that he won't return to the game because he's out with illness. So let's back up now. What if, and it's quite plausible, folks, if Nikita Sherback was sick on Saturday, sick enough that he tried to play the game and only made it through a period before he could just could not do it anymore, it likely means that he was also under the weather on Friday night and still went out there and gave it his all. And his reward for that was getting torn down that he wasn't invested enough in a game. There's where I really start to have a problem. Um, I will, you know, I will, I will give constructive criticism and call Nikita Sherback out when, when it is uh, earned and due and necessary, and he's not living up to expectations and not doing his part. But if, but if not only was he showing investment on Friday night, um, but doing it while under the weather because he he did not want to beg off and say, I'm sick, I don't know that I can play because he's desperately trying to show that he deserves to be playing hockey when he goes back to the to the Canadians, whenever that's going to be. He's got two weeks on a con- at, at the most on a conditioning stint. That that's not an invested player, a player who's sick and plays anyway and starts to play the next day and just can't even make it through the game. I don't know about that. So, and, and, and that all those are very good points. Um, And, and one more, 
um, if I can just toss this out. Um, you may be willing to believe, um, like the coach said, that that um, Nikita Sherback wasn't invested. He was uh, not committed. Um, but then you'd also have to believe uh, another statement that was made, uh, actually by by um, both Bouchard and and um, and Daniel Jacob, that the Laval Rocket um, have dominated their opposition for the first 10 games of the season. Um, Bouchard was emphatic uh, that his team was the best team on the ice for each of the first 10 games. In which they had yeah. a 3-7-1 record until they won on Saturday. And in those 10 games, it was the worst start by a Canadian's AHL affiliate in 20 years. So if you, <laughs> so it was just bad puck luck for ten games. Is that is that what it boils down to? I guess that's what Michelle Terrian would say. Um, there was no puck luck. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think people have to use their own um, common sense here and and realize that there are um, maybe some other agendas going on and. Uh, um, Instead, we Twitter and uh, and fans, and I'm sure it'll be the same when when uh, uh, the teams suit out suit up tomorrow. That uh, all eyes will be on Nikita Sherback and and uh, um, and whether he's going to be invested and committed, rather mm-hmm. than a discussion about um, this team being at the bottom of the standings. Well, for his sake, I certainly hope. Um that he is feeling better and, and is able to, to go out and do what uh, we know he can do. I hope he's given a fair shake in doing that. Um, Still no word. Uh, He was asked uh, after that first game on Wednesday night, he was asked if uh, post game, if he knew how long he was going to be down for. And he said, I know as much as the media knows, I, I have no idea. So, we know he can be down for a maximum of, of two weeks on a conditioning stint. Um, I did see, uh, I believe it was Anthony Marcotte uh, from 91.9 did mention today that, that he, he is on the trip to Utica. Um, so that is good news. Hopefully he's feeling better. Um, and we'll see what happens tomorrow night in Utica. It's uh, <laughs> We had said it was going to be an interesting game, but there are there are a lot of things at play here. Um, that we'll want want to keep it a close eye on it, and it's right here at the AHL report that you're going to be able to do that. Uh, we will be sure to bring you news as it happens. Um, Rick, I think we're just actually going to take a quick break here, uh, catch a breath, get a drink of water. When we come back, we're just going to talk a little bit about a couple of other roster changes and a a little bit about that internal team competition uh, that folks have been talking about since the beginning of the season uh, before we get into some brief AHL news. So don't go anywhere. Uh, We will be right back after this quick commercial break. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. 
Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Coming back out of that commercial break, we're glad that you're still here with us. We've got more Laval Rocket uh, dish to to discuss um, because Nikia Sherback on the roster wasn't the only change to the lineup that we saw over the week. Um, Mr. Olafson, uh, we had been we know that Gustav Olafson had been out uh, with the with an undisclosed injury. Um, People speculating that it was his shoulder, which, uh, if memory serves me correctly, uh, he came to the organization on a trade with a shoulder injury. Um, and it was then announced, and and Ryan Sproul got signed, and it was kind of a big question mark, like, oh, I wonder how, how long Olufsen's going to be out for. Well, sure enough, it was announced uh, last week that Gustav Olufsen had to undergo shoulder surgery and is going to be out for six months, essentially pretty much ending his season. Um, and Rick, that was, you know, uh, I, I think there was a, I, I think there was a promising prospect that was given up in that trade, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly, uh, when the trade was made, um, if you check out any of the uh, Minnesota. Uh, websites they thought they thought they um they com- they completely won the trade um mm-hmm. and that is getting will bitten um a, a prospect who's um three years younger and and um and doesn't come with all the injury um baggage and and uh, for Olafson i think um it, certainly he's had reoccurring um injuries the the shoulder being the most significant and i think that's the third season uh, if I remember right, um, that an injury has ended his season, um, and and now given that uh, uh, Olafson is done for the season, uh, they're they're doing uh, cartwheels on the um, uh, on the, the the Minnesota side, and that's not to say that Will Bitten is is lighting it up in um, uh, for uh, Iowa. I, I think he has um, uh, an assist, maybe more. Um, but he's, he's, he's new to the, the AHL getting used to the league and, and, uh, new organization and teammates. Um, but I think they, everybody can see his, his work ethic, uh, his, uh, the way he's a responsible, um, player, uh, at, at all in all zones that he does have some skill. He's got some speed and, and there's some promise there. Uh, that they can see uh, they got a good one in Will Bitten and uh, are very excited about it. Well, in in other disappointing and quite frankly head-scratching news, I, I, to be a fly on the wall, I would really like to know, we talked about this 
numerous times over the last couple of weeks. And I think we even mentioned it again last week where we said, you know, okay, hi, where's Jeremiah Addison? And why, just like Sherbeck hadn't been playing in Montreal, why hasn't Addison slotted in for a single game yet this season? Then suddenly, about a week or so ago, started coming out, oh, Addison's skating again. Like like it had been well-known news that he had an injury, which most people said, huh? Like, what? when did he get injured? When When was that announced? That he's skating again. And then he gets sent down to the ECHL, to none other than the Brampton Beast, ironically enough. And then to make the what the heck is really going on here uh, journey fully complete, he was put on unconditional waivers for contract termination, which then happened the following day. So uh, Jeremiah Addison is now no longer part of the Montreal Canadiens organization. And I'm, I'm just sitting here going, what the heck just happened? At, what happened? Yeah, it's um, it. it we certainly don't want to speculate, but you, you'd almost have no, to wonder but... if there's some sort of uh, disciplinary component because um, certainly, um, from what we what we witnessed in junior, I mean. Um, Jeremiah Addison was was the captain of of the Windsor Spitfires. Won a Memorial Cup in 2017. Um, somewhere in the final, he he had a hat trick. Um, I mean, and 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 the the uh, small handful of games that he played uh, for Lavelle, he was you could see he was always a, a spark plug. He was um, has good speed. He's spunky and feisty and and good hands. Um, he's kind of that, you know, projected um, maybe uh, kind of a modern line fourth liner in the NHL um, who who can do a little bit of it all, uh, but mm-hmm. if, but is speedy enough to keep up and and uh, and deliver that energy. And suddenly he just wasn't, um, you know, on the on part of the Canadians' plans anymore. And uh, it's really a puzzle. It's puzzling to to know why uh, why that happened, and and now gone from the organization. Yeah, really puzzling. Has uh, as of today hasn't yet been picked up by anyone else. Um, so as you say, very very puzzling. And again, I, I, it's also frustrating to see between the bitten trade and and Addison. I mean. These are young prospects that we're parting ways with. Um, you know, he uh, was drafted and, in. Sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just going to throw in another name. Uh, parting with, um, getting no return for Jacob De La Rose. Well, that's true, and and hopefully uh, Rosie's already got uh, got a goal in in Detroit, and I, I'm hoping that he's going to find a lot of success there. They're playing him on the second line, great for him. But again, so yeah, Della Rose gone. Um, Jeremiah Addison drafted in 2015, gone. Will Bitten traded? So where is your prospect pool? 
it certainly isn't in Laval right now. There's not there's not a whole lot there that's Montreal property, original Montreal property. Um, and so, you know, that concerns me that there's this this trend of, um, you know, drafting well, letting Trevor Timmons do his job and, and selecting good draft picks and then working on their development and then they're traded away or they're put on waivers or they're not used properly or it's just, it's like a never ending cycle. It's, it's, it's really, it's really concerning. And it actually, that actually reminds me of one other point that I had wanted to make about Sherback in addition to his being ill over the weekend is, you know, we talk a lot about, you talk particularly a lot about um, the most difficult thing for the Montreal Canadiens to do is transition their prospects from the AHL to the NHL. And one of the big things is being afraid to make mistakes as opposed to, as you had mentioned, uh, you know, in the Winnipeg organization, they say, make the mistakes, just learn from them. Um, And if, if Sherbeck was going to, yes, make a defensive mistake on Friday night, he's going to be afraid to make another one after, after, after how things went down last weekend. But that aside, there's just this, there is just this vicious cycle that's, uh, doesn't is isn't very hopeful of of Canadians prospects falling by the wayside one way or another. Yeah, Addison was thought to be a a, a steal at the draft, um, and um, you know that that obviously hasn't worked out. Um, Sherback, a, a late first rounder, is is uh, not being put in a situation to succeed. Um, Jacob De La Rose, who who uh, was was uh, um, put on the scrap heap um, in order to protect uh, Nicholas Delorier when he came back, um, and now is the second line center for uh, the Tr- Detroit Red Wings between uh, Nyquist and Vanek. Last I checked, and he was second star in the game the other night, uh, mm-hmm. playing on the first wave of their pen- penalty kill. Um, it's, it's an odd, uh, bit of, of prospect management, roster management. Um, uh, there's, there's obviously, obviously a, a plan, um, uh, or maybe not, but, but, um, certainly not one that, uh, and, and, you know, people speak rather excitedly about the prospects that are in the pipeline and, in in Paling and Suzuki and, uh, and others, uh, but they have to be managed well, and they have to be transitioned well. And when they and when they arrive, Rick, you know, from the beginning of the season, people talked about the excitement of how much internal competition there was going to be during training camp. What are you seeing? Has that internal competition continued in in Laval this year, and and has it been healthy? Do you think? Well, that's the key. The key word is healthy. Um, a healthy internal competition where um, uh, where guys are 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 um, competing to get in the lineup certainly, and competing um, to to stay on the roster certainly, but not not to the detriment of of the others. They're not to, you know, uh, there has to be. Um, internal competition isn't always good. It isn't, it's spoken about as if it's always a good thing. It's not. It's just not. Um, 
you know, the, um, Arpan Basu wrote uh, earlier this week about um, he was particularly referencing the fourth line and, and said uh, of the Montreal Canadiens and said that, you know, that these guys know that one mistake and they're out. That's it. Mm-hmm. As if that was a good thing. And I, and, and that's <laughs> not a good thing in, 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 in my opinion, um, this team personality, wonder how it would evolve and, and, uh, and it's taken on, you know, some of the aspects of, of the coach. Uh, it, it's a very emotional team. We see them um, many times, not all all the times, but they get shot out of a cannon, whether it's at the beginning of the game or beginning of periods, and then they, then they fade. Um, individual um, competition has led to, in my opinion, very individualistic play. Um, there doesn't seem to be a team concept on the ice, and I think that's reflected in the lack of goal scoring. Uh, there's all kinds of shots taken, uh, but there doesn't it, it, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. There doesn't seem to be the kinds of you know a, a team that that doesn't pass well um, seems to be suffering from this lack of team concept, lack of team building, um, uh, lack of, of 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 a cooperative kind of approach, and to a very individualistic system. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing. I, I, th- I think the, the, the internal competition has been uh, ramped up too much. And we saw that uh, in practice when, when the coach just screamed at his players and said, Evans smoke them. Um, and, uh, Jake Evans, who was suffering from a concussion was nailed and dropped to the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not the kind of thing that you expect. Um, in from a teammate um i think that that i think it's getting used to how how you develop a team how how it isn't always focused on wins as we talked about with the winnipeg situation um that pascal vincent had to learn and was told by the organization that it's not winning at all costs and it seems that um that's been the emphasis this year with with the laval rocket they aren't winning. Uh, they aren't developing. They aren't um, becoming cohesive as a team. Um, and, and I think that's what's causing them to be at the bottom of the standings so early in the season. Well, we can only cross our fingers and hope that um, something starts clicking here soon. Uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's chemistry on the team, whether it's, uh, you know, having a united team effort um, or just things just starting to fall into place. Um, we certainly hope this week will, this, the win that they had on Saturday, maybe will spark something um, and we'll start to get uh, some more positive results out of Laval. Uh, the coach doesn't seem to be worried. Uh, seems to think that, that the guys are, are on the right track. So we'll see if, if they can follow suit with that. Um, did want to mention quickly, uh, just some AHL news, Rick. Um, first and foremost is that, uh, there has been a coaching change, uh, earlier today, the Chicago Blackhawks fire, fired Joel Quenville, uh, from his coaching duties. And so Jeremy Colleton, uh, has been promoted to be the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, um, 
he had been the youngest active head coach in the AHL at 33, and he now becomes the youngest head coach currently in the NHL. Uh, he was in his second season with the Rockford Ice Hogs um, when when he got his NHL call up today. Uh, and so Derek King will serve as the interim head coach of the Ice uh, of the Ice Ice Hogs, excuse me, um, and he is. Uh, in his third season with the Blackhawks organization. Um, so he's he's been around for a bit. So some coaching changes and shakeups. Uh, John Stevens was fired from L.A. earlier this week. Tis that time of year when things aren't happening, then we, of course, Rick, see things happen behind the bench, and, and uh, sometimes it affects the AHL as well. Teams off to a disappointing start, below expectations, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's what you can expect to happen. Absolutely. Uh, There was also, um, I should also quickly mention just, uh, this is my 22nd version of Where Are They Now? Just an update on Mr. Zach Fucali. Uh, He has been called back up to the Chicago Wolves as of last week. Um, He played, uh, he had a one and three record down with the Fort Wayne Comets in the ECHL, but he was recalled to Chicago uh, late last week. So hoping to see him between the pipes soon and congratulations to Zach Fucali for making his way back to the AHL in, in pretty quick fashion. Um, the CCM AHL player of the week is none other than, Hey, look at that. Rick, we say this all the time. It is always, 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 it seems to work out this way that it is someone that Laval is about to play. And it's happened again this time. The Cleveland monsters have a forward named Zach Dalpy, and he is the CCM AHL player of the week. And Laval will be meeting him and the rest of the Cleveland monsters team for the first time. uh, Now that the monsters are part of the Eastern conference, they'll be meeting them later this week in Cleveland. Uh, Dalpy had five goals and three assists in just two games for the monsters last week, uh, who finished the week second place in the North division. Um, and that on Friday night, he actually had his second career AHL hat trick and also an assist on top of that in a 7-6 shootout against the Toronto Marlies. Uh, and then on Sunday, he scored two more goals, assisted on two other goals. And um, it's the second time in his AHL career that he has had back-to-back four-point games. So we'll see if that and streak <laughs> continues. In In previous weeks, we had talked about um, the Americans, the Rochester Americans, three of them sitting uh, at the, the top of the, the scoring race. And um, uh, Zach Dalpy has zoomed up to the top. Uh, he, he now leads with 19 points, a ridiculous 1.58 points per game, uh, 19 points in, in 12 games played, and that includes uh, 12 goals. Um, Zach Redmond is is uh, still holding that second position, and and uh, teammate Victor Olofsson uh, in third, um, and uh, still three um, uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the top twenty. Uh, Phil Veroni at number four. Uh, we have T.J. Brennan uh, number seven, and at number seventeen, Greg Carey. So um, offense is not a problem for. Uh, the Rochester Americans, uh, nor the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, um, uh, nor Zach Delpe, <laughs> for that matter. No. Well, speaking of Victor Olofsson, um, 
Do you want to tell the folks that he was one of this month's award winners or should I tell them which one? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, he is actually one of, for the month of October, he was the CCM AHL player of the month with five goals and 10 assists for a league leading 15 points in just 10 games during the month of October. Um, after making his AHL debut on on October 5th. So he has certainly put his stamp on the American League uh, in, in just the short month since he made his debut with Rochester. Uh, the rookie of the month comes from Springfield, who, holy moly, uh, perhaps next week we might talk just a brief bit about uh, where this Springfield Thunderbirds team uh, has come from this uh this year because my goodness they are they're doing much better they are first in the atlantic division right now uh actually sorry that is not true they are second uh they are second in the atlantic division with a 7-1-0 and 2 record with 16 points where did that team come from um and so one of their guys uh that would be Mr. Henrik Borgstrom registered four goals and seven assists in seven games played for Springfield throughout the month of October um and uh, at the time of the announcement they were the last remaining AHL team without a regulation loss which they now have suffered their first regulation loss just in the last day or so So uh, that's Henrik Borgstrom is your rookie of the month. And then your uh, CCM AHL goaltender of the month is one that our listeners are familiar with, Mr. Antoine Bibo, who now is playing for the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, And he had allowed only nine goals on 149 shots in five starts going three, one and one during the month of October. Nine goals on 149 shots. Wow. That's a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, started the season with a 30-save effort on opening night uh, in a 4-1 to victory over over Ontario. Um, he's just had a, an outstanding month. So there are your CCM AHL Players of the Month for the month of October. That's Victor Olofsson, Henrik Borgstrom, and Bebo. And on that note, we're going to take one more quick break here at from the press box. And on the other side, we're going to talk just uh, just briefly about the league's uh, initiative with Hockey Fights Cancer before we preview the AHL action coming up on the AHL report this week before the Habs drop the puck later tonight. So stay right there. We'll be right back. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. 
RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Every November we see uh, coaches, staff, players, whatnot, uh, around the NHL sporting their beautiful uh, purple ties for the NHL's Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative, where they join up with uh, the NHLPA, uh, raising funds for cancer research. And uh, this year, the American Hockey League, uh, Rick, is, is joining the NHL again. Um, having their Hockey Fights Cancer uh, Initiative as well, uh, supporting cancer patients and their families since 1998. Um, And in fact, Laval had their Hockey Fights Cancer Night on the first night of the initiative, which was Friday, November 2nd. And so it's really nice. Uh, There were some nice pictures that came out as well. Um, You know, the players wear a special uh, lavender purple uh, warm-up jersey uh, during warm-ups, which is then uh, auctioned off during the game uh, in the concourse and uh, those proceeds of course go to hockey fights cancer um, and the American cancer society and the Canadian cancer society. Um, So really happy to see the AHL taking part in that again. Uh, But in fact, November is also another special month for a particular type of fundraising. Um, and the Rocket Sports team is involved with the Movember initiative. Do you want to tell folks a little bit about that? Well, you talked about, um, you know, the, the players, the coaches, the, the staff, the um, journalists um, wearing uh, beautiful uh, Hockey Fights Cancer ties. Well, for Movember, we sport very beautiful um, mustaches. <laughs> yes. Okay, some not so much, um, but this is this shouldn't be thought of as as strictly uh, for the guys and growing stashes because there's all kinds of ways that you can get involved with uh, Movember. Um, um, you know, it's it's not gender specific. Yes, you can grow a stash. Uh, yes, you can raise funds. Uh, but you can also, there's, there's a move challenge. Uh, there are um, uh, all kinds of ways that you can get involved or simply you can, you can donate to a very worthy cause. And, and the All Habs uh, Hockey Magazine team is, um, of which we are a part, is uh, got a team together and we have mm-hmm. eight or nine member team, I believe who uh, are raising funds. We're just uh, a few days in and already we're uh, approaching the $300 mark in, uh, in our fundraising. Um, you can join us to help raise funds, or you can simply go to our, go to the all Habs hockey magazine uh, page. That's our Movember team uh, on Movember, Movember.com, Movember.ca, depending on where you're living, uh, search for all Habs hockey magazine. You'll find our team page, contribute, donate to the team or donate to any of the individuals who uh, are there um, growing their mustaches and becoming very active this month. We love it. And we, we certainly appreciate everyone's support as they help raise funds for a very worthy cause uh, as we advocate for and help raise money and awareness for men's health. 
Um, and that goes beyond just things like prostate cancer uh, and, and men's health issues like that. There's also uh, initiatives towards uh, mental health and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's really all encompassing and we would very much appreciate your help in uh, getting us to our fundraising goals for the month of November. And of course it means mustaches, lots of mustaches. So <laughs> keep those donations coming in. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Rick, that means uh, we are, we're on the road again. If the Laval is on the road, then it means that the Rocket Sports Media team is on the road. We have mentioned that they uh, have a three game road trip this week. And so uh, Rick and I will be uh, the Rocket Sports Media crew on the ground in Utica tomorrow night, covering the Laval Rocket uh, as they take on the Comets for their third consecutive game in the last five or six days. Uh, so we'll be sure to follow along at the AHL report um, for all of the live game updates, but it's also original photography uh, and we'll have uh, post-game interviews with the coach and some notable players after the game. Uh, and then Laval heads out to Cleveland for the first time. And uh, they'll be taking on the Monsters on Friday and Saturday night. Um, and myself and Chris G will, will both have coverage of both of those games. Of course, just keep it locked on at the AHL report. And you'll get all the information that you need to know, including full game recaps as well. Uh, and we'll probably have some video out this week as well. So, Rick, it's going to be another exciting week of hockey. Very exciting. On the road uh, to Utica, one of the, if you have a chance, one of the, the best buildings in the AHL uh, in terms of excitement and, and uh, fan support. Uh, and as you said, uh, this is the third game uh, in a row for these three teams. So I'm sure there will, there will be playoff atmosphere in the building. Um, and um, then we'll be back here next week uh, with another edition of From the Press Box. But uh, you can also uh, be sure to listen to our other podcasts. Uh, there's the Canadians Connection, there's Habs Unfiltered, uh, and there's Hab a Listen, um, all part mm-hmm. of the Rocket Sports Radio lineup. Excellent. You don't want to miss any of them. Lots of different personalities, different perspectives, different opinions, but all of it quality, uh, quality podcasting from the Rocket Sports Media team. As always, we appreciate you taking some time out of your week to join us here on From the Press Box, where you know that you're getting uh, information right from the source from credentialed hockey reporters in the rink. And we certainly appreciate your loyalty and your listenership. And we hope you enjoy your week of hockey ahead. Enjoy your nachos today. Play your saxophone today if you've got it. Uh, And uh, we look forward to seeing you right back here again next Tuesday on another great episode of From the Press Box. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing. 